One of the interesting things about life is that sometimes it requires you to pivot. See, a pivot is an interesting thing. You keep one foot flat and firm on the ground, while with the other, you use it to shift and move your momentum in another direction. The same can happen in business. The same can happen in relationships, in your spiritual life, in your emotional life, in your physical life. Sometimes life requires you to pivot. And when that happens, you often need the help of a mentor, somebody who has different eyes, different abilities, different skill sets to help guide you and navigate you in the next direction that you're moving in. And one of the most beautiful things that you'll find is when you embrace the pivot in life, you generally will find yourself so well aligned that now there's the people you were waiting for, the people you were meant to serve the people who were meant to serve you, the people you were meant to love, and the people who were meant to love you. They're all there if you just find the courage to pivot. And there's been many times in my life when I have been called in the last few years to pivot, to pivot in many different areas and directions. And when that happens, there's one person in particular I always am sure to call on. And I get to call on her as a friend, but so many other people, when they need to pivot, they call on her professionally. And so today I'm going to be bringing on somebody that I'm just excited to talk to and to introduce you to, or maybe you've already met her, seen her before, experienced her before, but you want to hear a little bit of the story of how she got to this powerful place that she is. So this, this next individual, she is uh, what I would call a spiritual sister. She is a friend. She's accountability for me. Um, she's been a coach in many moments professionally for me when I really needed to make uh, make sure that I was moving in the right direction. And so right now, um, I'm going to maybe introduce to some of you um, and reintroduce to others, Olivia Arnold. So Liv, welcome to Hope Rising. Thank you so much, Maurice, for having me on Hope Rising. I'm I'm excited. I've watched the podcast and you interview some amazing people. So I'm just honored to be here. Well, you are definitely in the list of amazing, amazings. And so, um, you know, I'm excited to get into this and, and do me a favor, guys, um, whether you are listening um, today on the various places where we host the podcast, or maybe you're watching today on YouTube, would you just go ahead and just share this with somebody right now? Make sure that a friend, a family member, especially somebody in business who is looking to, to improve their brand or to walk fully and holistically and authentically in who they are, this is going to be the podcast for them. But this we're going to talk about so much more than that. This is one of those where, um, you know, some people say I snatch edges when I talk. Sometimes I just say things and, and just rock a room where when I say this is my sister, she does the same thing. So some stuff's happening today. I would not recommend you wear your wig today. Okay. This would not be the interview to even wear it while you're listening to the interview, especially in your office. Somebody's going to see. They're going to know you got a weave on. That They're just going to know, Liv. They're going to know. I told you I'm gonna talk crazy today. I told you. I'm used to <laughs> that's that's true. So uh so Liv, if somebody has never met you, doesn't know you, doesn't know what you do, um, and what you offer, uh, how do you even explain to people who you are uh in business and in life? Yeah. I would explain to them um that one, that I am a creative catalyst. Um, and that I'm a midwife, right? I like to say that I'm a, a midwife in uh, 
the business spectrum because I help people push out what it has felt like they have been. It, felt, it has felt like it's been inevitable to push out alone. Um, and so um, in the, the aspect of being a creative catalyst, you know, I take levels of creativity and I am able to uh, see them um, at a greater level. Um, I'm able to help see what maybe most people can't see where they're not tapping into their greater potential of creativity. I'm helping uh, not only see, but I'm helping them strategize. I'm helping them implement. I'm, I'm creating goals and smart goals and pushing them and coaching them all in the process of it. Um, and so for me, that is really who I am. Um, but if I could give you the grand scope of things, I would say that those two uh, titles would definitely uh, encapsulate exactly who I am and what I do. Mm, that's that's so real. And, you know, that that speaks to and I guess we can go here at, at some point in the interview, but that speaks to you really spiritually as read, as well as in business. Right. That, that clearly who you are um, from a spiritual standpoint um, naturally is what oozes out of you when you walk into the business arena. Um, sure. Here's where I want to start. There are so many people who are great at whatever they do. Um, they're, they're, they're great business owners. They're, they're great singers. They're great authors. They're great, whatever, whatever it is. And then there's people who are great at coaching the great people. And that's really the category where I place you that, that there's something in you that helps you guide the person who guides the people, right? You, you teach teachers, you lead leaders, where does that come from? Um, what part of your journey uh, would you say really um, created that part of you where you where you now are a person who honestly so many leaders and great people look up to? You know, I, I do think that leaders can be taught, but I most importantly think leaders are born. And I've always been a leader. I was the kid in the neighborhood and all the kids would follow me and I tell them what to do and all good stuff, of course, uh, but they would always follow me. I don't me. believe so that at all. Always I don't believe that you in the least bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was all good stuff. I promise. I promise. Um, but they would they would always follow me. Um, I would always take the lead on the lemonade stand. I would always take the lead and taking them behind buildings and we go on different journeys together. Um, but they trusted me to follow me. Um, and I, I think that that component of who I am has always been there. Um, and so I just grew into it and allowed others to cultivate that level of leadership. Um, but I do believe another aspect of that is understanding um, what it is to have um, obscurity and opposition um, and mm. understanding how that can affect leaders at some time, because I've been through so much of obscurity and opposition myself um, and also have overcome a lot of it. And so I've taken those things that have become walls and made them bridges for other leaders um, because Ooh, I've gone through it. just be saying and stuff. Is- Lord Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, that, say that again. So, say that again. What I said is that I've because I've been through so much opposition and obscurity as a leader, I understand what it takes uh, to get leaders to the other side. And so I've taken what has become or what was once a wall for me and I that I've made it now a bridge for others to get over. Um, and so that has helped me in a level of leadership to push leaders from one side to the other. Have you ever said that before? Which part? Uh, about the leaders, taking the, the taking the the bridge and the wall, the wall and the bridge. You ever said that before? I have. That's, actually, yes. I was actually online doing a live one day, and it just came out. And 
ever since then, I cannot get away from it. <laughs> you sure can. I, I hope I hope I, that's like posted everywhere. <laughs> that needs when you go. That's your elevator pitch. When you walk into, you know, that networking thing and everybody's giving yes. you what they do. That That's it right there. That's it right there. So. So I, I, I want to go there, Liv, um, and, and you share whatever you're comfortable sharing. But when a person hears someone who is as polished as you, because um, I will tell you, even even knowing you well, um, if you don't know, you don't always know. You don't always know that you're going through it even now, right? Let alone, it's hard to tell where a person has been when they don't look like what they've survived. And so I guess the question is, when you say you've been through so much and it's gotten you here, what what does that mean? What what have you been through? Um, what has the journey been? Are we talking childhood? Are we talking are we talking adulthood? What are those things that you survived that ultimately grew you into this individual you are with all this wisdom and all this grace and all of the strength to do what is needed? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, without going into everything, cause I, you know, I, I was told I needed to write an autobiography, right. And so I won't give it all right. Sure do. Read, read for the mm-hmm. book, but tons of childhood emotions, just in, uh, false identity. Um, a lot of what felt like I never fit in. I was always, um, uh, one of those people that was just years beyond, um, most of my peers mentally and mature and, and, and maturely in a mature way. Um, and so I never fit in. I just never fit in uh, to the environments that I was in. And so that dealt that what that did was create a lot of rejection. Um, I never felt like um, one of the, the people that, you know, was was seen by other people. And even if that wasn't the case, because I was dealing with a lot of rejection, that's just one of the things I endured. Um, I dealt with a, a lot of disappointment. You know, my family, we weren't raised. We were raised in a very predominantly um, wealthy area, but we weren't wealthy. You know, we inherited land, right? We inherited a house, but we didn't carry the wealth. Um, and so, uh, well, we, well, I should, I should say we didn't think we carried the wealth, right? Um, Ooh, but that's a whole conversation. It is a whole conversation. We didn't think we carried the wealth. We inherited something that we wasn't really standing up in. Um, but my, I was always, um, I always had to create my own clothes and I was, I did fashion. And so I created my own trends by making my own clothes and, you know, where I thought that was a level of obscurity because all the kids are wearing all the name brands. I'm making my own clothes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, I dealt with that. And then I dealt with what felt like just failure from, uh, going to school and having to drop out or just not, it, it not being the time and then losing, what felt like everything um, at 35 when I lost my job, but then that shifted me into entrepreneurship. And so, I mean, the funny thing is everything had a duality to it. Um, but I remember uh, in my mid thirties, I was given a verse. Um, I just kept hearing this verse that uh, is very popular is Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who are, who love God and are called into his purpose. And so even as I look back and think about all the obscurity, I mean, granted, there's so much stuff in between that um, trauma, uh, physical trauma, um, abuse, you know, from relationships and those types of things. Um, I've been able to take everything that I've gone through. And even if it wasn't good for me, it was good for somebody. And Mm. that has always made it worth it. Um, And so I guess it was always a perspective shift, but I've been through probably just about anything that you can imagine. I've been through it. Um, You you say it, I I can almost attest to uh, an experience with it. Um, but the, the greatest aspect about dealing with trauma in those situations is taking 
um, those moments as a seed to implant in somebody else so that they can see that you are overcoming that they can overcome too. So um, those things have really helped me grow to this point in this place I'm in now. That is so good. And so when, by the way, I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say this one more time. It's the last time I'll say this, this episode. Have you shared the episode yet? Because it's about to get good. And you need to make sure that your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your best friend, your brother, your sister, your coworker, somebody needs this. Because I promise you where this is about to go, it's about to bless them. So make sure um, that you share this with somebody. Also, leave your comments as things resonate with you, as these things make you think, as things make you feel. Would you leave something in the comments? Make sure you hit like. Here's where I want to go next. What I heard you talking about just now, Liv, is this concept of perspective. That sometimes as we're living life, we're truly not aware of what's really going on within our life. Sometimes we think we're living in obscurity and really what we're living in is development. God is honing a thing. God is building and stewarding a thing within us. And what we think is that we're walking in punishment or rejection. Um, you know, because I know you and know you well, you were, you were talking about those moments of feeling like nobody saw you. Um, and then at the same time, speaking of, of, and also being equipped to lead. And I thought to myself, is this not Jeremiah? Like, do you not sound, do you not sound like the one who has been set apart to become the prophet to the nations? Do you not sound like the one who was guarded and hidden from people in plain sight in one way? And at the exact same time, you were already being prepared to lead the very people who couldn't see you. And so at the end of the day, there's something so deep in that. Let's talk a little bit about perspective. You, you said some words that were so pivotal. You said we had inherited something that we hadn't walked in. We hadn't stood up in. What does that mean? There's somebody who is watching this today or listening to this today. They inherited some things from mama and daddy, some leadership skills. Um, they may have even got, got a business from someone. Um, they have, and they inherited a confidence or, or, or leadership abilities, but they don't really know how to stand in it. They don't feel like they, they know how to, how to make it work for them. Speak to that person. How do you stand up in who you are and what you have? So I'll say this. Like when I even take it to the Bible, biblically, um, wealth as we know it was in existence, right? What was really wealth was considered land. And so like, even when we pray, we pray for money. Don't pray for money, pray for land. Because land is actually the wealthy place. When you have land, that that place, that land allows you to occupy in a space. And so that is the one true thing that you own. We don't own anything else. Even in, you don't own your business. You don't own your house. You don't own anything really, like really. But what you do own is your identity. What you do own is the very thing that was absolutely, as an absolute given to you. And so when you say, uh, how do you stand up in something? You have to learn to own it learn to own it learn learn to own it learn that there are certain things you you steward and learn that, that there are certain things that you own and when you learn to own the very thing that you have inherited because you've been chosen to inherit that thing you walk different you talk different you move different you think different because now you are taking you're, you're coming into a place of ownership versus just stewarding and so don't think don't think that oh this land was given to me so that i can just steward it no this i was given this thing because now i can own it 
um, you've been chosen to receive it. Um, and and, and I, I really think that's, it, it really takes a, a mindset to recognize that I'm not just being given something because, oh, I can just, and, and it's so what was me? No, I've been given something because um, I'm able to, um, I'm a part of this. I am even in, even in the body of Christ, I'm royalty. I've been chosen to receive. And so we just have to begin to shift our minds. That if I, if I receive something from my daddy who never utilized what he was uh, of something that he was given, well, now this is my opportunity to begin to cultivate that thing in the way that I see it. And now I can own it. And now that I, and now once I've owned it, now I can pass it down to others uh, that come after me and I can teach them the proper way to stand up in it as well. And so I really think when you're standing up in something, it requires this. You, you once see that I belong here. I belong at the table. I belong in this place and that I can own it and walk in it in a way that other people would, because most of the time we're comparing ourselves to other people anyway. So, yeah. Mm hmm. You know that I, I recently was listening to uh, a teaching by doctors, Dr. Miles Monroe, and he spoke specifically to that concept of you own nothing. And I wonder how many people's businesses would shift and how many cultures would change if you thought to yourself, the only thing that I really own here is myself. I own my habits. I own my character. I own my personal and professional development. Every person who I have that's employed to me, I don't own them. I'm They're here for me to steward appropriately. How much more might you take personal accountability to grow and heal and evolve as a leader? And then you would begin to say, well, these people sitting in these seats, they're not mine. <laughs> they're, they're simply people who are here for a season in time who I am allowed to help cultivate. Am I cultivating them? Am I making them better than when they walked in the door? Or am I expecting them to just poof, there it is, become better? Now, all of a sudden, I begin to speak life into people and to train them better and, the, and to help them create their own expectations as they move. Now I'm taking myself accountable and my actions and my interactions, I'm holding those things and the value behind them more closely to the vest instead of trying to lord over the people who work for me. That would shift a culture and change an atmosphere professionally in incredible ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really think that um, and kind of honing in on what you just said, um, you can't the, the people that you steward can't be they, they, they can be greater than you, but they can't be greater than you if you don't own who you are. Meaning you, you mentioned about the personal development. If I'm not developing myself, then what I'm and, and I'm messy and I don't know who I am. Guess what I'm passing down? Guess what I'm imparting? I'm imparting that in them. So I can't possibly cultivate them in a way that is, you know, that, that goes beyond the place that I'm at, because there's always going to be a hindrance. But what I can do is just become the best me that I possibly can and own my identity in a way that says, OK, if I've reached this level and if I'm cultivating from a level, if I'm, I'm cultivating from the level that I've reached where I've almost maxed out, well, technically we never really maxed out, but I've gotten as far as I know that I can at this point of my life, then those that I steward, those that I help cultivate, those that I mentor, those that I uh, pastor, those that I uh, employ, guess what? They can go far beyond me because I've reached another level. And then guess what? When I get the next level of people, I'm going up to another level of bound. I'm going up to another boundary. I'm, I'm going mm. up to another place because my capacity has now enlarged. And so now the next level of people can go up even greater because now I've elevated because of the people that have also surpassed me. 
Mm, that's so good. And you know, it's so interesting, you know, shout out to Tim Ross from the basement. He really shifted my perspective on leadership and the hierarchy of leadership. And, and it's like between that and some things that Holy Spirit had already given me, it has given me a full sub, a, a full circle, different thought on what a leader does as they level up, if you will, as they, as they elevate I look at elevation as being something where something moves forward and something moves inward rather than above. And all that I mean by that is that if I'm really if I'm really walking in the fullness of who I'm called to be as a leader, I'm no better than you. What I am is in front of you. And so if I'm in front of you, I am responsible for modeling certain things Maybe things that I've had more time or experience or work to have honed and 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 improved than you've had. Now I'm here also to be, here's the word you've used already, the catalyst for your growth and your change. It's not that I'm that I'm above you, lording over you. It's that I'm in front of you, modeling you and pulling you forward and 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 showing you what real life growth looks like. And not only that, but a true level up is not just what is seen in front of the people, but what is happening on the inside of me. And every time in my life that I've got those prophetic words spoken over me, Maurice, the Lord says, elevation is coming your way. Elevation never means what it look, what I think it's going to look like. Never. Elevation always means I end up closer to God. Elevation right. always means I begin to go deeper into myself in healing. I have more things exposed that now I have the ability and the opportunity to work on. It always means going deeper into myself while walking further in front of the people. It never means being above them. Never, never. I really feel like um, those, I, th I think anything like what we think or mirror is elevation um, according to like just worldly standards is what looks like what is what you just modeled, which just says I'm getting closer to God, but because, or I'm, I'm going deeper within myself, uh, to become a better person. And when you do that, anything else that looks like elevation external to that is just a byproduct. It becomes a byproduct because if I get if in the midst of my elevation, I get closer to God, that guess what? I can probably heal here better. And therefore that probably have greater clarity. If I've healed more, then I'm not allowing anything to be a stumbling block in the midst of something I'm supposed to do, because now I know that I belong there. I'm supposed to do it. And so anything else is really just a byproduct. So my elevation is literally mirrored off of the internal and the external is a byproduct of what of the work that I've done inside. That's so good. And so, you know, this is an easy here's the word pivot. This is I know this is an important word to you. Um you are a person who has been pivoting professionally and personally and spiritually so many different ways as you're helping a lot of leaders do the same thing. And one thing that I know you're not one that's going to name drop and so I ain't going to either, but I know that there's been a, a couple major individuals who have trusted you to develop their personal brands as they've been making pivots, trying to grow or reach a different audience or do different things. I want you to talk a little bit what you've learned in your own pivot and then in that experience of helping other individuals to to build or rebuild their brands. And how has that helped you not only see life, but but, you know, what is the what is the advice you have for the person listening today who needs just what it is that you offer? 
Now may come back to some of those questions, okay? But <laughs> that's okay. I, I'll pretend I, I'll remember them. I'll pretend <laughs> I'm not gonna know what I said. I got you. Uh, so to answer the first question, uh, my own pivot literally um, has been based off of seeing life as um, a stream, right? Um, and streams are fluid, and so. I believe in the fluidness of what I need to be in a moment. I don't want to ever box myself in. And so pivoting for me has been uh, the likeliness of taking the assessment of where I am in a moment and allowing myself to conform to what that is. Um, there have been moments when I started off, well, I'll say this, my career started off as brand design and I brand identity. And then I started moving, pivoting into building the identity of people. Um, because that's what the demand was, right? So the the stream, the flow of me began to move as the demand required. And so if the demand uh, became a circle versus a box, then I, I, I was now streaming in that circle. You know what I mean? Um, I'll take that into like ministry because a lot of people, they, they get so confined with being, oh, I want to just, I want this crazy title. But if, if, if God says, okay, you're not just a pastor, I need you to move to be an apostle, be that. I don't want you to just be an apostle right now. I just need you to be a teacher. Then be okay with that, right? And so the pivot for me has been in the understanding of the fluidity of me being the stream and then the stream of the Holy Spirit being on the inside of me. And so I move as I'm being told to move, right? Um, and where I am. And so where I am now wasn't where I was five years ago. There's been that elevation um, in my understanding, in my recollection of who I am, in my skill set, um, in my business acumen, um, in my influence and affluence, There's th those things have grown. And as I've grown, I've allowed myself to shift versus staying where I was, what I was once comfortable in. And it's uncomfortable, um, but it's been necessary to move as that stream that I've been called to be, right? Um, and working with different people, um, and helping them build their brands. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me is um, helping or helping people see uh, really what I just said is that where maybe one where you were cat categorized as one thing, um, being okay with the authenticity of where you are now. Um, I think so many times we just like to be categorized as, hey, she was just in the church or, hey, he was just in business. Um, but listen, if you're if, if there's been something else, a new burden, right, then follow the mm. burden. Right. I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer and was given a burden. He wasn't told what to do, but there was a burden that fell upon him, a cupbearer to build a wall. And so being OK with that, what I like to call a swift shift, you know, doing something that you weren't doing to now doing something that you are doing and now helping them facilitate and navigate that process of stepping into the new. Right. Um, and so for me, that is allowing and helping them build off of a level of pure of pure authenticity without seeing themselves as a fraud, um, but helping them also just be OK with the, with growth and what growth looks like. You know, because if we if we put ourselves in the hands of other people, people will try to keep us where we are, you know, because some people don't see what you're growing to. They don't see what the work that you've done. They don't see um, the work that God has even did in you or on you. To get you into a place. They haven't seen those nights when you were praying. They haven't seen those nights when you were writing down strategies and now you're living in the same place that you prayed for. They didn't see that. And so my job in helping those people build those brands is helping them be okay with it's okay to move to a next level. 
um, and it's okay to uh, uh, create that, create a, a marketable, a marketable transition of what that looks like to flow. Because when you do that, um, I feel like every, I feel like everything has a purpose. You're not only doing that for yourself; you're also helping others see that it's okay to transition as well. And so, um, that was that's that's how I work with these companies. And then you ask one more question, <laughs> which I can't remember that last question. <laughs> that's okay. Um, that's okay. I was I was yeah. ready to p help you pivot anyway. So you know, you just you said so much there, right? Um, and yeah. and the theme that I really heard you saying, you are becoming the next version of you rather than trying to sell the next thing. Sometimes when people are thinking about their brand, what they're thinking is it's time for me to level up. What does it need to look like? Instead of asking the question, who do I need to become and what will they look like as they begin to mature and grow and become? And so there, there is an inside out approach that you seem to take when you guide a person through not only branding, but also brand recognition and, and, and just, just past all that, past all that, getting into networking and building relationships and all of these things where do you know how to be the authentic version of you when your people are standing in front of you? When, when, when the potential, when the potential, you know, sponsor, when the potential partner, when the potential customers in front of you, are you willing to embrace that next version of you? To me, that's what you bring to the table. So I guess that's really what I was asking you to speak to was how does, can, can you help a person understand why that's important and how they begin to do that? Yeah. So, um, I really so I think one thing is when you want to be when you're being authentic, when you are under when you're understanding how to begin to move into the place of you and becoming you so that you can be who you who who needs you, you know, in that that next place. I think that uh, you don't focus so much on the work, but you on the work or the deeds that you're supposed to be. But what who am I? Who who am I? And as I as I begin to assess who am I in the in the level of growth, you're also beginning to understand what it is that I'm supposed to do, right? And when I walk people through, and I just have to walk you through the process and answering this question because for me, I'm always asking my clients, "What's in your hand now?" Right? Because what's in your hand five years ago is not the same thing. What's your burden? What what make what brings passion to you? What is make at this point in your life? What is making you lose sleep at night? Um, what what is frustrating you? Um, and that's what you're becoming. Those are the things that you're becoming. And once you've recognized and you've really decided to grab hold of what you've now become, everything else that comes after that, it's it, it, I'm not gonna say it's easy, but it just becomes it it, it becomes more clear, right? Um, and then once you've made a once once you've really grabbed hold of and set yourself upon, okay, this is who I am. You know how to network with the people because now you know you you know who needs you. You know the audience that you need to be in front of. You say, let's say for instance, um, I've now become this phenomenal speaker, and I know that in order for me to really be the speaker that I want to be, I need to get my voice in front of an audience. Okay, well, I'm not the same people I networked with before are it's shifting. And so now because I understand who I've become and I've grabbed hold of it goes back to that ownership quality. Now I know who I need to be in front of. 
and I have to I have to drop this because sometimes people they start a thing and they think it's going to be oh my family and my friends no as you're shifting the same people that were with you before aren't going to be the same people that go with you you're going to have mm. to begin to develop a new level of relationships you're going to have to begin that to uh, even get the confidence to put yourself in front of a new set of people and these are people that may have the money these are these aren't the people that's constantly looking for you to pour out but now you're going to now on set you're going to look for people that's ready to pour into you people and i'll go back to nehemiah right because nehemiah became something um uh, he be, he became a, a cupbearer now he became a builder. he was once a cupbearer but now he became a builder of a thing the king came to him asked him what he wanted right he said what do you want because there was a there was no there was no opposition and who Nehemiah needed to be in that moment, right? He knew who he was. He knew who what he needed to do, and therefore he wasn't questioning. Man, this man is coming to me and asking me what I what do I need because I know because I've grabbed hold of the assignment, I've grabbed hold of the burden, and now the thing that I've become is uh, is is now being uh, sponsored because I'm I'm understanding, I'm confident, and I'm bold in who I am. And so, you know, with that, I know that there's a bunch of people who thought, well, Olivia, that sounded really good, but I don't know who I am. I have this thing called imposter syndrome. And and so I know that that is a topic um, that is related to all of this that's near and dear to your heart. Um, and so could you speak a little bit to the to the new book that you've recently written? And could you talk a little bit how, you know, what does a person do when they're trying to grow into that new season, but they're feeling like an imposter in that process? Yeah. So I'll say this. If anyone is dealing with imposter syndrome, it's not that you don't know who you are. You do know who you are. You just fear. You're scared. And the one on. thing that I'll say, well, there, there's, there are multiple things that can actually stop a person from actually being who they are, which is fear. And so I'll say this. Most people who are struggling with who they are are probably visionaries and pioneers. There's, they're, they're ready to, they're, they're, there's something in them that wants to step outside of the confinements, but they are worried about the fear of man and what the audacity that men are going to say that they have, right? Hmm. And so get, fear get stops business. you. Get out of my business. I'm sorry. Listen, listen, I just have to be, I just have to be real, right? And so fear stops you, right? Fear of man, fear of success, fear of responsibility, fear of, of, of a new level of elevation, as you may. Um, those things are really what's hindering you, right? And you feeling like you're not showing up as something that you're not, when you know everything in you, everything in your being knows that you are, but you're fear. And so even in those people, I have to say this now, you're going to have to go back, especially if you're a believer. I know every, I know all people aren't believers, but if you are, you're going to have to look back and see who you're serving. Because if you are an imposter and you're dealing with a level of fear of being who you are, then now you're serving fear. We don't want to serve fear, right? And so when if, if you're looking to try to get and overcome that place, baby, it's going to be an exercise. It's going to be an exercise. It's going to be like you're putting weights on your feet and you're, you're, you're literally moving through mud. Mud. That is the only way. It is the only way. And there's a verse that I love and I talk about it even in the book. It's Luke 17, 41. It says, as they go, as they were, as they go, they were healed. Meaning you're just going to have to get up and you're going to have to just take everything that is being sent your way. If, if, if you're, if you're, if you're going through the mud and the mire with those heavy weights on your feet, if an arrow comes, you're going to have to do this, right? You're going to have to move to the side. If, <laughs> if words come, you're going to have to let it hit you and move to the other side and take it and take it because the only way to truly become is to move ahead is to keep going forward.
that's the only way you can't become by being still and so mo i'll say that most people know who they are they've been told they've heard it they've seen it they've had dreams if you're me I, you, i'm a dreamer i seen who i was before i was even before i knew and it was there were those were in moments where i was what felt like i was in the bottom of a pit encouraging people out the pit saying hey it's gonna be okay but i'm in my own pit but i still knew who i was right and so you're gonna have to exercise and go through and that's going to produce a level of endurance for you to continue to go through because there's multiple levels of imposter syndrome at every level you're going to be challenged but that goes back to a belief system do you it, like once you're challenged once you get through one level you're going to be at the bottom of another level are you going to be able to believe that you can get to the top again as you know what I'm saying and sometimes the top is at the top sometimes the top is moving forward but are you going to believe that you can get to that next place and so you're going to just go through that is all so good, so profound. Um, I was I watched a video the other day. I've been I've been doing a lot of just um, a lot of mindset work. Lord have mercy, so much mindset work. And I ha I heard um, someone who was speaking about stillness recently, and he said one of the things that we must understand in life is that the safest place in a storm is in the eye. But if you were to get into the eye and then stay stuck and never move, what would happen is that eventually you would no longer be safe. And so once you get to the eye, you must then move at the pace of the storm. And that means to say that life is not going to stop. So what you must do is to get in the safe place and continue to move and continue to, to stay on that consistency and to continue to, to trust God with his timeliness in the process that everything, as you said earlier, works out for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to the purpose. And so I've really been... Um, been praying and asking, Lord, what does that even mean to move at the pace of the storm? And how do I know that every step that I'm taking is the right one? And if I miss it, how can I find the courage to keep walking anyway? And I, and I think that there's so much in that and so much that people can glean from an individual like you and already are um, in terms of that. And so I know I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, and so at this point in your journey, you are now a person who is just kind of in a lot of different areas. Um, I feel like your your expertise is so broad and so vast. And there's people that I know that are a jack of all trades and a master of nothing. And then there are people who become masters at multiple elements of what it is that they do. And as they become the master, they understand how interwoven and interlocked those things have become. Can you speak to that to somebody who has stopped growing, stopped learning, feels stuck and stifled? How has the continuance of learning really helped you to, to build a greater brand, a greater awareness, and ultimately a greater version of Olivia? Yeah, for sure. Um, so honestly, in, in anything that you do well, like you, you think about CUs, you think about when you're in real estate, you got to go back and get, because there's always something new changing. There's always new patterns. There's always new trends. And you, if you, if you ever want to be the top of your game, you want to be the top of the class. You want to always be on trend. You always want to, you always want to stay relevant. Right. And so I really feel like um, any person that doesn't may, uh, may deal with a bit of pride. Right. Because, um, anytime you feel like you're at the top of your game and you're not teachable, 
um, you're missing out. You're missing out what the people need. And I'll say this, there are people that have gone before you that have already done the work for you. And so it doesn't have to be difficult. They've already done work. They've already done research. And you can just begin to see where trends are going, or you can be the person that sets the trends, right? Um, in learning, in, in always uh, staying focused and, 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 and getting to another level um, and allowing yourself to be teachable. And then you'll begin to create trends based off of what you've learned that you caught you because we all catch something right what i might have caught from a message you didn't catch it and so i'm 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 taking what i caught and i'm creating something out of it right and so being able to master something um it does require that you stay constant co consistent at learning and I, I even in my beginner days of doing branding um i would watch the the people that I admired, I would go on YouTube University and I would watch them. I would go on Pinterest. And, you know, even if I'm not enrolled in a class, I would just stay up on what was trending in those moments. And I still do that because there's still an aspect of my business that designs. And so even as I look over my, you know, Facebook memories that tell a lot, because even as you look over some of the things that you've created in one year, you're like, man, I'm not the same. You should never be at the same place. You know, I can't bring people along with me at the journey if I if I'm still stuck. And so you have learning has been essential for my growth and my business, um, my growth, even in what I do for people, because in the process of me learning in the process of even learning from different circumstances and, and remaining teachable in those moments, that's what actually pushed me into coaching is mm. my ability to stay relevant um, in the needs and the demands of people in that moment. You know, um, if, if I would have just been stuck on, oh, what's the next uh, hex color that's going to be popular for the year, um, then I would have never recognized where people were people were demanding to go into another place and a shift and a pivot in their own business where I, I've now become relevant for them because I've learned from the process of my learning. And so um, I remember there were days when I was, you know, designing for people and they would call me. And because I was learning from even my clients who was who was, you know, transitioning in their business, I'm coaching them based off of what I'm learning from other people and creating solutions in the process. And so I'm even seeing uh, a shift happen in that. I'm even allowing myself to be taught in that. So now I can teach from the same place that I just got from somewhere else. And I think that's really I really think that's the purpose of it all, right? Is to you learn something from someone and you begin to pass it on. And so um, just remaining teachable will allow you to master many things. Um, but in the process, I'll, I'll just share really quickly uh, a dream I had this morning. I was, I had a dream that I was getting ready to, I was in a library writing books, right? And in the dream, I was getting ready to go look at a grant book. And the lady said, not yet, right? Um, because there was still something I needed to master in this place of writing books, right? Where I was getting ready to start something new. And so, you know, get, 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 get comfortable, grab hold of what you have right now um, and master it to a place where now and, and you understand that you've mastered it when people are now coming to you. When there's a demand on that thing there, you know that there's a level of mastery and you may not be perfect. You may not know everything, but from what you've learned, you can now teach from that place. And so um, I really hone on to that and I pray that somebody else does too. Oh, oh, a whole bunch of people did. A whole bunch of people have. And if, if you have gleaned from this, would you just leave some comments right now? What have you heard that shook you up, that inspired you, motivated you, made you stand up in your seat, throw something at the at the screen, whatever it was, um, because I know that there was something uh, for sure. And so, um, Liv, this has been just a, a great interview so far. Um, you know, what is interesting is in season one, 
I really didn't know the vast majority of the people who came on my show. Most of them, Jason booked them, um, which is, which was a great thing. Cause I literally got to meet so many interesting people. Season two, I've been able to start to bring a, a few of my friends on, not a lot, but a few. Um, and it was, it was critical to me that I got a chance to let your voice be heard um, within this audience. And so as we, as we begin to close this interview today, um, not begin to close, but as we start to really close, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask all of my guests. I, I want you to imagine that it is a hundred years from now and you walk into a museum. It's a culture museum, not you, but the people of that time, they walk in and there is a room that is marked hope. And inside of that room, there are all these artifacts and there are time capsules. And there is a time capsule that is marked Olivia Arnold. And they open that up and there are magazine articles and there's, there's, there's pictures of you um, teaching and preaching and prophesying and all the different things you do. And there's copies of your books in there. And then there is a copy of this part of this interview. And in the clip that this individual watches, they're learning what you believe hope is. What would you say to that person that hope means to you? You know, to me, that's a really good question. But to me, I really feel like hope is um, hope is the assurance of something that you know has to happen. It's you standing uh, on what you believe despite of, despite what gut-wrenching punches you've received, despite what it looks like in front of you, despite of your past, despite of who it feels like is on your team and not on your team. It's you grabbing hold to the belief of the thing that you know will come to pass just because you imagined it, just because you had the, 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 the confidence to speak it out of your mouth, that you recognize that because I believed, because I grabbed hold of it, because I, I said it and declared it out of my mouth, then it must be established. That if, if I even had, I'll say this, if, if the, 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 scribe, the, the scribe or wisdom of my heart thought of it to come to pass, then there is a place for it on earth and so that it so that it shall be. And so I feel like that's what hope is. And then also I'll add this. I feel like hope is also understanding and being okay with what doesn't happen in your now than what you can't see, that you've planted a seed of hope for someone else that's attached to your level of hope. Mm, so good. So good. Sometimes the hope that you thought was for you was the seed for someone after you. Yeah. Ooh, that's real deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that for about a week or two. I am too, because that just came. But <laughs> Ooh, that was real wisdom, which is how it is that there, <laughs> that there was a land that had been prepared for your family, that your family was not themselves ready for, but that you had to be a part of it because you will be absolutely a person who is then meant to equip the next generations that come after you as you build in status and in stature, as you begin to walk into the fullness of the spaces and places that God has ordained you to cultivate, not just for you, but for the generations that come after you. You're the teacher and the equipper who begins to teach the generations how to stand in what it is that comes their way. Mm. There's something in that. 
There is because everything you're learning ain't just for you and it ain't just for your clients. Mm -hmm. Mm. There's so much in that. That was good. Hallelujah. So live. Yeah, that was God is what that was. Um, Yeah, that was God. Someone wants to. (laughs) Yeah, we already know I ain't that smart. So Um, (laughs) somebody (laughs) somebody wants to hear you talk to you, glean from you. They want to they want to sit down for a session with you. They want to hire you. They want to read your newest book. How does a person find you? Yeah, Uh, you can find me on social media um, and it's complete encourage and exhortation over there um, or prophetic, so to speak. But you can find me at Emerge with Live on uh, Instagram um, as well as Threads. Um, And you can find me on uh, Olivia Arnold on Facebook. Um, You can follow me there. Um, you can go to my website, www.emergewithlive.com, and you can book uh, a session. You can uh, go buy a t-shirt. You know, I have a whole shop over there. Um, my books can actually be purchased. The, e- the ebook version of my books can be purchased there, or you can purchase the actual physical, co- physical copy on Amazon. Um, Becoming a Mass, which was my most recent book or guide. Um, you can purchase it there and allow your life to be transformed, okay, and move out of that self-sabotage place into the place of ownership of who you are, um, you know, or you can also tune into YouTube, um, emerge with live over there and, uh, subscribe and like, and, and join me as I post more content there as well. And so we hope that you will, um, that you will find her, um, that you will follow her and that you will get what you need. Don't be afraid. A lot of this conversation today was about the courage to pivot, the courage, the, the, the courage to stand up in who it is that you're being called to become in this new season of your life. And so sometimes the same way that in bad ways, we have followed poor impulses. You must find the courage to follow the positive impulse when you know that you know that you know that you know that the change agent that you need is sitting right in front of you. So I want to encourage you guys um, to follow those positive impulses as well. And would you also, if you haven't yet, um, have you made sure that you're following this podcast? If you haven't already subscribed, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, please do that. The support is necessary. It makes a difference. Uh, And I'm so excited for everything that is going on. And and maybe you want to join the mailing list and you want to follow everything that I've got going on Uh, right now. Just just check out the link down below. You will see actually right now, I have a new ebook called The Authentically Fulfilled Leader. You will get that for free. Uh, Click that link. You will then join the mailing list. You find out all the new things that are going on. And we'll also make sure you never miss an episode. And so don't worry, you won't have to miss Hope Rising. We're back next week. I'll be here next Monday with another guest and also on Thursday Live. So I look forward to seeing you very soon here at Hope Rising, where the unfulfilled go for fulfillment and the inspiring go for another dose of inspiration. We'll see you soon.